0: The views and opinions expressed in the following paid program are those of the host, callers, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this station, its management, or owners. From the frozen tundra of northern Canada to the sunny Gulf of Mexico, and right here in the heartland, welcome to the great outdoors. This is the KTRS Outdoors Show with Outdoors Dan, Dan Young, and Dan Brothers. All right, welcome to this week's edition
1: of the KTRS Outdoor Show. Almost almost getting to the latter parts of February already. It's ridiculous. Going by way too quick. Crazy, crazy. Ah, what a night, what a day. It's uh, It's been weird up here. 55, 50, 60 degree weather, then we get four inches of snow. I know you guys got some snow the other day because I was going to come home this weekend and it snowed and got icy, so... I stayed up here in Iowa. I'm just, I'm so ready for spring. <laughs> Give me some solid 60 degree, 60 degree weather, no snow, no hail. I'll be happy, right, James? No hail. Hail no. That's what I'm saying. Hail no. Hail no. So Dan will be on at eight o'clock. It's just us until then. You, uh, you, James, and I. If you want to call in, nine three one five eight seven seven nine three one five eight seven seven or you can text us at eight four one two six eight four one two six. shows brought to you in part by our good friends out at Denny Dennis Sporting Goods. Oh, Denny Dennis Sporting Goods. Man, what I could do with an hour in Denny Dennis Sporting Goods. I could definitely go down there, get some uh get me some nice footwear. Maybe uh let's see what else would I get in there. I would definitely go look and see what kind of turkey broadheads they got going on. Uh See what else? What else would I be looking in there? Fishing whopper ploppers, jig heads. Uh, I'd be looking for some mono. See what kind of mono and braid and fluorocarbon they had on sale. I could definitely do some damage. See what new decoys they got in for the uh, for the season. I could definitely get into spending an hour down at Denny Dennis Sporting Goods at Number One Groveley Road in beautiful Fenton, Missouri. Your one stop outdoor shop. Tell the gang the outdoor guys sent you. James, what what is uh, what is the? I had somebody ask me about this the other day. I had to laugh because I, you know, I'm getting I'm six I'm I, I, I'm I'm officially a grumpy old man, but somebody was asking me about why I didn't have a pronoun on my signature line, and I first off said, am going? What the heck are you talking about? What is a pronoun?" A and
2: pronoun is like a he, him, her, whatever.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I looked it up and I saw that. So here's my, and I, I emailed them back. I said, you want pronoun on my signature line? Here's my pronoun. Grumpy man. Grumpy slash man.
2: There you go. There's Although my Grumpy's pronoun. Grumpy actually an adjective, not a pronoun.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> Whatever. I'm sorry. <laughs> what is the world, what in the world is this world coming to when somebody has to ask you about that on your signature line? Come on. Come on, man. Come on, oh, man! Come on, man! We need to get that man. little
2: little sound sound clip from him. We can play that. Come on, man!
1: <laughs> just ridiculous, man! Yeah, people have too much time on their hands. I'm just telling you, too much time. I've been busy. I've been fletching arrows. I've been when they went through all my camo. Uh, yeah, there you go. Jenny's cat's down here bugging me now. I uh, I got uh, what else did I get done today? uh I went from a 3 fletch to a 4 fletch. Now, why would you go from a, flea, a, a not a flea, a 3, a 3 fletch to a 4 fletch? That's a very good question, James. I'm so glad you asked me that. It's basically because I'm going to be shooting these I'm going back to shooting turkeys in the head again with my bow. I uh you know, when you do it with a shotgun, they call it jelly and getting you know, jelly in their head, right? Well, bow hunters can jelly a turkey's head too. You just need a head shooting broadhead. Well, you don't have to. You could shoot a regular, you could shoot a regular fixed broadhead, I guess, and just aim for them. But I'm I'm going for the head hunting ones. Um, i I've got a standard solid one. I bought two or three packs of these. And listen, it's not a it's not the best pictures when you're. I mean, it's over in a second. If you if you if they come in and you get your shot, that is the quickest, humanest kill you could ever put on a turkey. I mean, it's over. If you miss, the turkey's okay. It doesn't bother the turkey, and they live to fly another day. you see what I did there, James?
2: That was clever. I like Thank it. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, anyway, uh, and, you know, that's the other thing about archery that I really like is if you miss, nobody knows because it's quiet. You know, if you shoot your gun, everybody around knows you shot. So one of the things that I've always liked because I've been known to miss once in a while. But uh, I'm going back to the headhunters. Uh, last year, uh, what did I get to last year? I shot one in Iowa and I shot one in Kansas. So I got two birds last year. Um I just like the fact that when they when they when they get in within 10, ten 12 yards, I'm I'm pretty much gonna be okay. It's just uh I you know, I like taking good pictures and everything and sometimes if the head's not there the head's gone. But it's the same thing with a shotgun. I mean if you you know, there it's it's messy. But uh Anyway, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to a four-fletch arrow because it'll stabilize that 200-grain uh, broadhead on the on the front of my arrow shaft, and it's going to give me really good stability as soon as it leaves the bow. So that's what I've been doing. So I'm ready. Did that make sense, James?
2: More or less. Now, I'm a layman, so if I, if I could follow it, any hunter or fisher outdoorsman listening certainly could. I would think so.
1: Man, I've been seeing a lot of pictures of Minnesota people up from last fall and stuff uh, up. And they were fishing, they were walleye fishing and pike fishing and muskies. The muskies must be getting really good muskie populations up there because I'm seeing walleye in these big muskies' mouths where people are pulling their fish in and the muskies are coming in and snagging them at the last second and they're coming alongside the boat. Have you been on social media to see those? Those are awesome. I don't think I've ever caught a muskie. I've caught some northerns, but I don't think I've ever caught a muskie. I know you haven't, James.
2: Certainly not, no.
1: Yeah, I, it's actually it's actually cold down here up here today. So it, it uh, <laughs> I, okay, you can make fun of me if you want, but I actually got a space heater going right now because it's chilly down here, yeah. and the cat is all over me because she's she's an older uh, rescue cat, and apparently she feels the chilly down here too because she's in, she's sitting between me and the heater now. So now I just got to make sure I don't hear I don't see fur burning. <laughs> pets
2: no it's cold in the studio too here they always keep it so you can hang meat in this place
1: yeah it's usually not bad at the house but it's just uh it's been chilly today i'm telling you kind of crazy well Kira's happy that's for sure she's all over that heater yeah so if you hear a buzz or an alarm she knocked the heater over so come on get out of here anyway james what'd you do this weekend anything
2: exciting uh this weekend no we just had our annual uh valentine's day date with this couple of ours who we always go out and hang out with
1: that's about it that sounds exciting yeah did you go see the marvels
2: the, the marvels isn't in theaters anymore
1: <laughs> i a <was> kid
2: <kidding>. oh <laughs> it was it was never mind <sighs> so that new that new madam web came out and evidently that's just a complete train wreck
1: you know, I actually watched the first Batman the other day with Michael Keaton. When you say Keaton, the first one with Keaton. Okay. Yeah. And uh and I even even my wife likes that movie.
2: It's very good. It's yeah, Tim Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah. And well, she loves Prince. So Prince is in the soundtrack. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 But uh I still say Keaton was the best Batman.
2: Yeah, as far as live action, it's uh, it's hard to top that particular I mean, the music
1: score—the music score was good. I mean, the whole movie was; it was a little over, it was a little campy with uh, Nicholson and stuff, but uh, it was—it was a good movie. Seven and some change. Yes, I am got. T- I've got turkeys on the mind, so I uh, found out that I am going to Pennsylvania. I am going to get uh, hopefully my first bird in Pennsylvania this year, and uh, some friends of mine that one of, one of the guys that owns a, an archery shop. It's on it's on the uh, Ohio line, so that would be Western Pennsylvania. But uh, he, uh, they're going to, we're going to do an, a big uh, archery event and stuff while I'm out there, which was kind of neat. Uh, it's been, a, I think it's been a year or so, or it's been what, a year or two years since I did a seminar? So it's going to be kind of nice to talking with some Pennsylvanians about turkey hunting and stuff and maybe helping people, uh, you know, get into bar, bow hunting. They're going to have a, they're going to have a big archery, uh, it's not a shoot, it's like a big rendezvous or something like that where people come in and shoot bows and, test them out so there's going to be a lot of manufacturers there and stuff so i'm looking forward to that that's going to be a lot of fun always enjoy meeting new people and getting them in archery and and talking turkey hunting and and stuff like that i will say pennsylvania when i was out there two years ago uh i've never i've seen some of the biggest turkeys i've ever seen in my life and i'm not talking people i'm talking some big eastern gobblers i mean these birds these birds are twenty five pounds plus. I mean they're they would look like little Volkswagens out there in the pasture, strutting and spitting and drumming and everything. It was they got a lot of turkeys, man. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Seven sixteen and some change here on the big five fifty. Not much else is going on. I mean the ice fishing, I feel bad for all my ice fishing buddies. All the ice is out. Um, you all didn't have the ice that we did, I mean we had a little bit more, but the uh, the total ice fishing season, unless you went extremely north, was a bust this year. A lot of people lost a lot of money a lot of the the sport lodges up in northern minnesota the they the uh the warmer unseasonably warm weather people had to take their ice shacks off early the, you know most of those time people it's twenty to twenty below and stuff up there it's it's crazy. But, uh, and you, you know, they drive their pickup trucks and everything else out there, and, uh, it was down to ATV traffic only there for a while, but now, um, a lot of the, northern Iowa up, a lot of the ice is just totally non existent or it's just not safe. Usually, uh, May is when the ice comes out up in Minnesota, and they're saying the, uh, ice out, they call it ice out when the ice melts off the lakes, they're saying the ice, the ice out, is going to be super early this year, so that's going to be good for the open water folks to get out there and start chasing some walleyes and saugers and crappie and and stuff like that. So you can go to the of like the Ozarks or Mark Twain or Truman or stuff and uh, down to Norfolk and you can go fish right now, and it's all open water and comfortable. And people up north they got to wait for that frozen stuff to come off, so it's not good. <sighs> Sam, Sam, Dan, I just tuned in. Why did you, Why did you say you're going to a four flush? Sam, the reason I'm going to a four-fletch is because I'm, I'm going back to a 200 green. Uh, it's like a three-inch broadhead, and uh, it's for it's for head-hunting turkeys. It, you shoot them right in the head. And uh, that's a lot of weight to have on the front of center of that arrow, and I'm going with a four-fletch to help stabilize that shaft so my I can get some pretty accurate shots. Uh, but that's why I went to a four, just to stabilize that arrow shaft a little bit better. Hope that helped you out. Seven eighteen is some change here on the Big Five Fifty. Let me take a real quick break, and James and I will be right back.
0: Back to the KTRS Outdoor Show on the Big Five Fifty with Outdoors Dan, Dan Young, and Dan Brothers. All right, welcome back to the Big Five Fifty KTRS. So when I was in between
1: fletching arrows and letting stuff set up and dry, I was in. I went through all my turkey library. Of all the turkey hunts I've done the last uh, 25 years since I started recording, and it uh, I put a couple things on Facebook. So if you wanna, if you like seeing turkey hunts, get you fired up for the season, you can go check out Dan Young on Facebook or Outdoors Dan or the Outdoor Call Radio uh, app uh, Facebook page. I think I posted turkey hunts on all there. I also put a. A uh speed from uh cookie's barbecue sauce and I when we were doing the outdoors traditions TV show I did the outdoors traditions kitchen segment every week and my buddy speed uh we was we filmed all those up there and we I had a really good bear stir fry recipe yes I said bear and uh if you uh if you like bear and you want a good recipe go watch that on Facebook so there you go it's kind of neat going through those things I haven't done. I haven't seen them in a while because we've been off the. Uh, I retired the show what four years ago. Yeah, I think four. I think four years ago. So it's been a while since I've seen them. Kind of go back and I'm going to try and post uh, one at, like once a month or every four or five weeks, so we can kind of just uh, get some more play out of that. But uh, yeah, it was kind of neat, see, neat seeing the recipes and stuff again. That was always a lot of fun, and that bear stir fry was yummy. I'm telling you, if you like stir fry and you are lucky enough to get a bear, you take some of that bear, uh, that shoulder or some steaks and use that in the, uh, in the stir fry pan. And I'm just telling you right now, that is absolutely delicious. Delish. Even James would like that. I'm telling you, it's good stuff. Uh, Let's see. What else was I doing today, this weekend? I didn't get a chance to go shed hunting. Raven and I went out Thursday and we didn't find any. Uh, I went out and I had to go pull a tripod out of a ground blind and and get that all cleaned up and ready to go. But uh, we I went to two or three bedding areas that I like to go that's on fence lines where they have to jump to come into the bedding. Because usually I have pretty good luck on fence lines uh, if they're coming in and out of a food source or a bedding area. Because when they jump on the other side of the fence, if their antlers are getting ready to pop off, they, you know they'll usually pop off at a fence when they jump. Um, so that, uh, and I didn't see, I didn't find any, but, uh, I still got a ton of trail cam pictures of deer still holding their antlers. So it's, uh, it's only February, uh, it's only February 18th. It is the 18th, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 18th. I think I find out if I drew my turkey tag for Kansas on the 21st. So, um, that's, that's exciting. I tell you, this is how bad I am already. And and I, I'm excited about fishing. I am. I'm actually looking forward to going and chasing walleye and crappie this year. I really am. But uh, I just love turkeys. <laughs> I just I love to eat them. I love to hunt them. I love to shoot them. I just love them. I don't like them when they go the other way. But uh, other than it, I just uh, that's one always been one of my favorite critters to hunt. And um, I uh, the other night it was I don't know it was like one one thirty in the morning, and Raven had to go out. So I get up and come on, dog. I let him out. He goes out and does his thing. Comes back in, and then I said, "See you later." And I go get back in bed, and then I'm just I'm just laying there. And then for I don't know what for what reason it went into my head that I started thinking about where am I going to put my turkey blinds in Iowa this year because uh, the 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 food source and the nesting cover kind of changed. So I can't sleep. All I can do is I'm sitting there going, what? come on, man, I'm tired. What am I thinking about this? And then I'd sit there and try to go to sleep, and five minutes later I'd go, this isn't going to, I'm not going to get back to sleep. So I grabbed my phone, turned on my Onyx, and I started going through all my, uh, the map of the farm and looking at the pinch points, and I'm looking at bedding and fooding, uh, food plots, and I'm sitting there going, okay, well, if that nesting cover is not there anymore, then this, I know there's going to be some hay over here, and there's going to be some, uh, there's a lot of cattails and other things over on this side of the farm, uh, right off of the roost. They always usually roost to point A, point B. So I was dropping pins on my Onyx at two in the morning in my you know, instead of sleeping like a normal person. <laughs> the dog comes in, jumps on the bed. And I hear, I don't know, I'm sitting here dropping pens and stuff, and I'm going, oh, that's, okay, that ridge is really usually good because they usually roost there, and then they fly down, and they do their little, they do their little thing, service the hands, and then I'm going to, but if I go sit up on this other corner by 839, 839 930, they're going to be coming, coming around that corner to go into that corner that, or that's, or that's, that, that, not soybeans, it's corn, it's corn. They're going to be coming around that corner to hit that cornfield and you know, go scratching. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, I hear my dog. Rrr. And I said, hey, shut up. You're the one who got me up in the first place. You ever have your dog get, in, get into it with you because you're annoying him, James?
2: Oh, yeah. He's very frequently annoyed by me. <laughs> it's
1: like, that dog, I'm telling you, man, just... Uh, and I, and then i had to do the show the next morning so i'm sitting there telling everybody on saturday morning sorry if i'm tired i was up all night dropping pins and waypoints and i got i had people Dan, you, you got to you, you're just you're you're ate up man <laughs> yeah, yep but i'm sure off sure all my angling buddies are the same thing they're out there dropping they're looking at all their brush pile gps numbers and you know they're thinking about you know I'm sure there's a lot of the England side of my friends out there that are doing the exact same thing I mean we're all we're all chomping at the bit to get out there and do what we love so I don't know James I'm sure there's something you want to do on a comic con or something that you're dry, keeping you up at night in there all the time. That's it all the time. That's all you got. I didn't
2: know if you were looking for (laughs) examples of stuff. I thought you were just (laughs) wanting, like, is there something that? And yes, there is. But
1: well, you caught me in mid drink there. So, well, I'm. You know, come on, man. You got? Don't you have like? Don't you start having spring and summer? You got in the spring? Don't you have a couple comic cons you got coming up?
2: Yeah, I've got two that are coming up the same weekend here. I'll be gone March 10th. I'll be at a convention in uh, Kansas City on Friday, March 8th, and then 9th and 10th, I'm out out in Burbank. So. California that is correct
1: yeah poor fellow
3: it no. is what it is
1: yeah I have noticed I you could give me a free plane ticket free hotel I, I, I wouldn't take it no desire to go back to California no desire now Northern California maybe not but not not I no thank you no. I'll just stay here in the Midwest or go out you know Montana Wyoming South Dakota, North Dakota, you know that's fine, or even you know even Pennsylvania. Nope, 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 nope. And like I said this, and I've said it again, I love the ocean. I love, I loved when I was di- got the chance to go diving out there. Got to see some pretty cool stuff in the ocean when I was diving. But no, thank you. I don't even think I'd go back for an In and Out burger, James. You ever had one of them?
2: I feel like I have at one point when I visited California in the past five years or so, but. They I didn't in, think it was I was, was like, them, oh, this is what everyone's so either people built it up too much and I was like, Oh, okay. I mean yeah. it's just it's all right.
1: Yeah. Their fries are really good. Uh well you know, now I haven't had In N Out Burger in twenty in something years, but um I think it's been at least twenty years. But um they used to fry their fries in peanut oil. And man, their fries were good. McDonald's used to do peanut oil in their fries too. You notice how their fries don't taste the same like when we were little?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I went Truffles. This place called Truffles in Clayton and that was probably one of the top 5 best burgers I've ever had in my life.
1: Yeah. See, we got a place up here in Des Moines called Zombie Burger. Everybody raves about. It's to me it's overpriced and stuff. They you they opened up. They finally opened a Steak and Shake in Des Moines. And but it only has like half or a quarter of the menu. Like you can't get Chili Mac up here at the Steak and Shake or uh Chili 3 I, I I don't think you can get Chili 3 ways. I think it's just cheeseburgers. Maybe you can get Chili 3 ways but you can't get the Chili Mac. It's one or the other, but they don't have the full menu. But the shakes are really good and the burgers are good. But that's about, you know, I just In-N-Out Burger to me was the fries were the best thing about In-N-Out Burger. But like I said, it's been a long time since I've been out there. Yeah, and when I was out there California Pizza Kitchen was big. Remember that?
2: I do remember that. I used to like that quite a bit back in the early 2000s because mm-hmm. uh, they had one at Chesterfield Mall and I I loved going there. They had really good hummus and flatbread and their uh what was it the I can't remember their pasta dish dish that I ate all the time it was really good.
1: Yeah, they had the they had the uh, oven pizzas out in California when I was out there, but that was a long time ago, buddy. That was a long, long time ago. 731 and some change here on the big five fifty nine three one five eight seven seven nine three one five eight seven seven eight four one two six on a text eight four one two six on a text there's a big uh, fly fishing deal out at Bush on february twenty third I'll tell you about that a little later. I know some people are wanting to fly ties I don't know what's on the big show tonight James?
2: Tonight, Dan, because this is the, I'm not sure if you're aware, this is 2024, so this is the 35th anniversary of... Of the movie The Burbs With Tom Hanks and Carrie Fisher This is also the 40th anniversary Of the movie Gremlins So tonight I'm talking to Director Joe Dante who directed Not only those two epics but also He directed part of Twilight Zone the movie He directed The Howling He directed Piranha He directed episodes of television We're going to talk with him for the whole hour About his career, what he thinks of the current state of filmmaking And more Was that the one
1: No, I'm thinking of Neighbors What was the one? Neighbors was John Belushi and Anchroid, right?
2: Yes. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah, This is Tom Hanks, Carrie Fisher, Roger Dern. uh, Trying to think of who else was in it.
1: Yeah. Dern was the weird one in that Yeah. 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 Oh, Carrie Fisher, man. and she went too quick.
2: Yeah. So many of them have lately. We just lost two. You still there? Comic book world. just lost two respected artists. It was very sad. Well, and you lost uh, Carl Weathers.
1: Yeah. You didn't get his autograph for $175. No, I didn't have
2: two. <laughs> had to had to sell a kidney to get his autograph.
1: Yeah. I thought, would you say it was $150, $175? Yeah,
2: if, if, you wanted, if you wanted just one of his, he had 8x10s on his table. If you wanted to get it at one of his 8x10s he had there, you could get the 8x10, and it was only, I think, like $75 for the autograph. But if you wanted him to sign something that you brought, like I had my Grief Karga, figure from the mandalorian he wanted 150 dollars. i'm like i I can't afford that that's just
1: was he in that
2: yeah he was in the mandalorian he was the uh one of the guy who originally hired him in the first episode to go after and hunt down bounties
1: oh okay then he took over as the
2: magistrate of that world yeah i didn't watch it i I quit i quit watching all that well
1: i'm sorry buddy sorry to hear that
2: yeah that's how it happens
1: chiefs won go chiefs yep it was it was a good super bowl or good game however you want to say it unless you're a 49 ers fan man i tell you what I, I what is with all the whining lately i mean it, you know if you got if your team doesn't win nobody feels great about that but quit the whining everything everything's it's fixed it's scripted it's like come on you can't tell me that all that's that all that's rigged i don't believe that too many people mess up to be scripted. I agree. Yeah. Do you agree? I just it's said okay I to have a differing opinion.
2: I just said I did. Not, I really do not have much <laughs> of an opinion about it one or the other. I hadn't thought about it, but now that you say that, yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it just, I don't know.
1: I mean, <clears throat> I I still remember when I met Conrad Dobler and, and them guys from the Big Red, and Conrad Dobler was talking about biting guys in the. <laughs> <laughs> he grab a guy's leg and bite him. <laughs> I mean, I, that, that's football, man. I mean, it's just you'd probably do that today. They'd probably they'd probably throw a. Fa- I don't. You'd probably get flagged for that today, wouldn't you? Biting. He bit his leg. That's a personal foul. No, that's football, man. Conrad Dobler was a nice guy. I enjoyed my my visit with him. You don't. You even know who that is? I do not. Yeah, he played in the seventies. I think it was seventies seventy five yeah early late middle late seventies he was he was a he was a he was a nice man so seven thirty five and some change here on the big five fifty Well, uh, let's see told you about the turkeys told you about uh i told you about the fletching stuff uh, i think i got everything caught up see i thought james was gonna talk about this big uh this big uh this big thing happening with uh with the um I'm trying to think what they call it, James. Uh, wasn't there like a big thing with the actors and the AI this week? I thought you'd been all over that.
2: Um, I, Unless it wasn't that big for me to take note of. Hmm. I just, the big thing that I was looking at was that, I don't know, it's the X-Men 97 animated series. They've announced the cast, and it's coming back on March 20th for the, all the fans of the X-Men series from the 90s. Hmm. Well...
1: I don't know. Well, you already said that uh, uh, Wolverine's coming back, right?
2: Yeah, he'll be in the new Deadpool 3, which is coming out, I think, in July, I believe.
1: Yeah, they need to move on some new characters, man.
2: I mean, Deadpool's popular enough, and the fact that they've got Hugh Jackman to come back for Wolverine's pretty big deal since he was retired after Logan, so we'll see. Yeah,
1: they'll be. he'll be using a mint phone in the movie.
2: Mint phone, drinking Laughing Man coffee, and Aviator's Gin. (laughs) They'll promote all their brands. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: All right. Did we take two breaks already or one? We've
2: only taken one break so far.
1: All right. I'll be right back on the Big 550 KTRS St. Louis.
0: Back to the KTRS Outdoor Show on the Big 550 with Outdoors Dan, Dan Young, and Dan Brothers.
2: All right.
1: Welcome back to the Big 550 KTRS. So I think I'm going mono this year. I think I'm going to take all my fluorocarbon off and I'm going to go mono and uh, I'm going to go with a fluorocarbon 12 to 15 foot leader. I think that's what I'm going to do just for the sensitivity and the feel. uh, I'll use my leader for, uh, you know, the, the thing about fluorocarbon that's nice is that it sinks. It doesn't float and it becomes totally translucent so it's invisible when it hits the water you know that's the nice thing but fluorocarbon is getting ridiculously expensive so i think i'm just going to do the old double uni knot and tie that on and uh and uh and that's what i'm going to go to this year so i am going to make a little stop to this if i go to denny's if i get home this week i'll go to denny's if not i'll have to buy it when i get up to minnesota but uh I'm just gonna definitely. I think that's what I'm gonna put in my spinning rails this year. Little mono, little fluorocarbon combination. I used to run. <laughs> just, I love braid, but not for walleye fishing, you know. So, not for that. Boy, the crappies. The I, it, the, I was talking to my buddy down at uh, Mississippi, and they're just catching some smoker, smoker slab crappies down there. Um, and it's not on Lake Grenada, 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 however you say that down there. It's just some of the river systems and stuff. They're just smoking the crappies, man. It ain't going to be that too much longer. That's what you need to do, James. Get you out there and get some crappie going.
2: Uh, well, I, I mean, I'm not opposed to eating crappie. If someone else wants to get them for me, that's great. Well,
1: just go down to Denny Dennis and get you a little spinning reel. Get you some little grubs and uh, little twister tails. If you don't want to use a minnow, and uh, get out there and just start jigging a little bit. You'll be all right. You'll get you some paper mouth. I'd be proud of you, James, if you'd sent me a picture with you and a fish.
2: We'll see. I might be able to find a way to stage that somehow.
1: (laughs) There we go. AI all over again. I'm just telling you. It's not good. So I I don't think I talked to Dan this week. I don't know what he's up to. I'm sure they went. I'm hopefully they went fishing, so... Uh, what is this, Ben? Dan, can you please talk about the three places to shoot a turkey with a bow that you are most comfortable with? Hmm. Okay, we can do that. I appreciate the uh, the email. Uh, the first shot is my favorite shot. If I'm, it depends on what broadhead I'm using. If I'm using a mechanical or if I'm using a uh, fixed head, a three blade or four blade, uh, my favorite one is a broadside shot. And that's uh, when it's when the tom's in full strut, spitting and drumming, you know, you go up into the upper third of a turkey, up the leg and to the right towards the head in that upper third. You can see they've got a line in the body. If you ever look at a turkey, if you look at a picture of a tom turkey strutting, you can see a, there's like a line that goes laterally across the body. Okay, that's that's called their feather line. But if you go straight up that, if you go up that straight up those turkeys' legs... Okay, go in that upper third of the bird and go to the head towards the head, about two inches, inch, two inch. There's a pocket there. There's a little puffy pocket of feathers when they're in strut, when their wings are down. And that's where I usually like to aim. There's an old saying in turkey hunting with a bow. If you hit them high, they're going to die. If you hit them low, they're going to go. And there is a lot of truth to that. Uh, My second shot, favorite shot, if I'm using standard heads, is if i just straight on. Is right below the conicals. Right, the conicals are that orange or red blob of stuff right there on their neck, and I usually go about a half inch or an inch below that is where I like to aim. And, and most people say like a couple inches above the beard, but I like getting, I like going a little, just a little hair higher than that. And uh, if you watch my video, you'll actually see that. Uh, but uh, and then the third shot there's no delicate way to put this when they're in full strut and they're walking totally away from you. The good Lord gave you a bullseye and, uh, and that's where you want to aim. That's called a Texas heart shot. Those would be been my three recommendations for you to shoot a turkey and you can go online and see all that. Uh, just punch in uh, vital spots for turkeys with a bow and, uh, you'll get that map come up or not map, but a diagram and shows you those three areas and and, uh, and the, the fourth one would be to shoot them in the head when they're, you know, and to me, like I said, that's, I've probably shot over a dozen that way. And the only downside of that is it just, you don't get the beautiful, the pictures because you got to put the, it it's, it, it's, it's over. It takes their head right off, but it's the same thing. Shooting them in a shotgun, pretty close. I mean, it's, there ain't much left, but, um, they just, I mean, it's over. So, those are my that's my go tos, Ben. Thank you for the question. So, no text tonight, James.
2: Haven't seen anything yet. I'll check again here. Uh, eight, four, nope, one, nothing two, now.
1: Eight four one two six three one four nine nine three one five eight seven seven. seven if you want to call in, and let's see, I think I got everything there. do 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 do. do, do. I think I got everything caught up. All right, well, let me take this third break. I'll be right back on the Big 550 KTRS St. Louis.
0: Back to the KTRS Outdoor Show on the Big 550 with Outdoors Dan, Dan Young, and Dan Brothers.
1: Hi, welcome back to the Big 550 KTRS. Beth wants to know, what turkey decoys are you using this year? Um well, Beth, I don't know if you're talking about brand or you didn't tell me if you were looking at sex of the decoy or type of decoy. Uh, the brand's going to be Dave Smith decoys, DSDs, and, and in all, all transparency, I am, I partner with them on the shows, but, uh, I love their decoys. Their decoys are just, uh, I, I just, they're just awesome. Um, uh, I'm going to go this year with a Jake Strutter to start off early and, I actually took one of my tail fans out of the uh, fridge or the freezer the other day, and I've got uh, there's a there's a product called FanLock that's uh, is Um It's made by Velvet Antler Technologies, but anyway, I took a, a hanger and inverted it, and I I took my turkey fan and I spread it once it thawed out. I spread spread it out and. I went ahead and I zip-tied it to the hanger, and then I took that fan lock and I sprayed down the meaty part uh, where you, you slice it off at, and then uh, all the feathers and stuff, it, it kills all the mites and bugs that might still be in your turkey fan, but it also cures the the meaty area and stuff, and, uh, and then I can drill a hole right through there, and that's what I use for my tail fan on my decoy. But uh, I got one of those drying right now, and uh, so I'm going to use my Jake Strutter. I've got one that came out with... Last year or the year before, I can't remember now. It's called a preening hen, and it looks like she's she's the hen's got her head under on, on her wing wing up, and she's getting the bugs and preening herself, taking the free uh, feathers and stuff, keeping herself looking nice. And that's how they that's how they groom themselves. They call it preening. But I definitely like to use one of them. I like a lay down hen, uh, right, like a like a foot to two foot from in front of the gobbler decoy, like he's getting ready to go breeder. And then I might have like an alert hen. Um, it just depends on how far I gotta walk, to be honest with you, because those decoys are not they're not light. They're they're pretty they're pretty heavy. But uh, anyway, I two to three decoys is usually my setups. Uh, I like that little that little love triangle I do, and uh, that's what I like to do. That's what you that's that's really 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 worked well for me over the years. So, and I keep the hen. I'll keep that alert hen like five yards in front of the blind. Um, now remember the Jake the Jake Strutter and the the uh, laydown hen is about ten to twelve yards out and that's that's my that's my go to range when I'm shooting a bow. If you're shooting a shotgun, you can put a decoy set out twenty yards, twenty five yards, and if you want to get it out there a little bit, you're fine. But uh, for archery, I like to keep them between ten and uh, ten and twelve yards. But thank you for the question, Beth. I appreciate that. You guys can call in the show and ask. You just don't have to email me. You know, you, it's, we do like to hear from you, believe it or not. Ask James. He always wants to talk to somebody. Don't you, James?
2: It makes my night when I see that phone <laughs> ring, Dan, because I know it's going to make you happy that we have callers. So, yeah, if anyone is listening, would like to ask, not now, because you've, you've got one minute before we need you to be out, but uh, next hour... Three one four nine three one five eight seven seven. Call and ask both Dan. We got two Dan's. No waiting.
1: Yeah, there you go. Or you know, if you got something you want to talk about, we can always do that too. Because it's a, it's a, in it's a tween time of year. It's in between. You know uh i don't know if my buddy's george i was going to talk to my buddy george and see if he went snow goose hunting or not i haven't seen, i haven't heard from him he might be snoo. national wild turkey federation uh convention was this weekend so i know a lot of folks were down there hey and real quick too uh i want to give our condolences from the show uh to philip Vanderpool. philip lost his mother over the weekend and uh we love philip i tease philip as much as i can i've been buddies with philip uh Oh, my gosh, 25, 30 years, and uh, that he's one of the best hunters I've ever met in my life. I've learned a lot of stuff over the years from Philip Vanderpool, and uh, I do tease him a lot, but, he, you know, he teases me right back, but uh, I felt really bad for him. He lost his mom. So everybody have a, if when you say your prayers tonight, uh, keep uh, Philip and his family in your prayers. I would really appreciate that. All right, I'm going to get out of here, and then we'll be back with uh, Dan and all the gang, uh, uh, and we'll take your calls or texts or whatever, and keep it here on the Big 550.
0: The views and opinions expressed in the following paid program are those of the host, callers, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this station, its management, or owners. From the frozen tundra of northern Canada to the sunny Gulf of Mexico, and right here in the heartland, welcome to the great outdoors. This is the KTRS Outdoors Show with Outdoors Dan, Dan Young, and Dan Brothers.
1: All right, welcome back to the KTRS Outdoor Show. I hope everyone's having a good Sunday night all across the good old U.S. of A. Thanks for making this part of your weekend. We do appreciate that. Danny Brothers is on the line. What's up, Daniel?
3: You broke up on me. I didn't hear you. What? What was that noise? I said not much. All I can say is rain down here straight for well over 24 hours. It's cold. We had to turn the furnace on, so there's not a lot up. I've been in the house all day uh, trying to do little chores and work on tackle and stuff like that.
1: That sounds like my day. I was fletching arrows and making turkey videos.
3: Yeah, well, and all my friends, not all my friends, but a lot of my good friends, you know what they're doing? They're off at showtime everywhere in the world. You know, you got Hattiesburg, Pennsylvania, going on right now, which is a show I've always wanted to go to. What about you? What do you know about this show?
1: You mean Harrisburg?
3: Harrisburg, yeah, I was close, wasn't I? <laughs> Harrisburg, <laughs>
1: Harrisburg, yeah. I'm not. I'm not trying to correct you. I'm just asking because I don't know Hello. if there's a Hattiesburg show or not. So I,
3: <laughs> I, I no. please correct me. I, I need help this afternoon, this evening. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you think about that show?
1: I have never been to that show. I've I've uh, been a guest uh, via Zoom and other stuff at that show, but I have never been a I've never been able to walk it. I will get out there. I'm actually going. I was telling everybody last hour. I'm going to Pennsylvania turkey hunting in May, and I'm going to do some seminars and stuff while I'm out there. So, may, and the, when I quit doing TV altogether, I'm going to start hitting that. I've never been to the NWTF show either. Those are the two that I'd really would like to go to.
3: Yeah, I've been to one NWTF show, and it was fine. Uh, it's all turkey, as you know. But uh, Hattiesburg or Harrisburg, as you call it, is, <laughs> is uh, man, that's every kind of hunting you could think of. Yeah,
1: I actually got a friend of mine who does uh, Trophies Plus Outfitters. Mike Watkins has a booth out there, and he books a lot of hu- rifle hunts. And, you know, Pennsylvania is one of the highest saturation of hunters in the country. I mean, they, they've got a lot of people that hunt out there. And that's a nine-day show, and uh, there's a lot of folks that go through that, so it's a neat deal.
3: I always wondered, you know, exactly what it was like. I mean, it's it's got to be almost be at least take you two days just to walk through it. I would think.
1: Oh, I would think so. There's three or four different sections of it, and um, you know, there's a lot to see, and they have a lot of activities. And uh, I had uh, the guys that do uh, the Keystone Experience on my on the Outdoor Call Radio app every Wednesday. <laughs> they uh <laughs> um they air uh they they uh, broadcasted from there this year and they i think that was their second or third time so it's a it's a neat deal
3: so yeah my friend sean man is there he's he's uh, famous for the long flute goose call and uh you know he i mean the, the guy is so much fun to be around i i think if i if I walk that show, I end up spending half my time at his booth, you know. And and I know he's been on several outdoor shows uh, th- this week. But I, you know, I think you know we. One of the reasons I brought it up is I happen to look. Uh, I have to come back to good old beautiful STL next week, and uh, I'm flying Allegiant, which goes from Punta Gorda right to Belleville, and it's a great flight for us in this part of Florida. It's it's inexpensive. It's fast. It's. Uh, no frills, you know, you, know, you don't get any, any exciting things whatsoever, be it food, drink, or anything. You just go in the airplane and go, in two hours, you're home. Um, I, they also fly into a small airport. They, they don't go to big airports. They go close. And there's a, a, uh, an airport very near that show. So a friend of mine from down here, who's actually from Connecticut, and spends his fall in Maine, uh, you know, moose and deer hunting, he wants to go, so the two of us are going to fly up there next year. Well, that'd be fun. It'd be good for you. I think, yeah, I think it would be, and you know, I don't have a desire to go to NWTF anymore. Uh, I, I don't know why I've been to one of them, and I just, I just don't. Uh, I don't even go to their banquets back in St. Louis. I don't miss the Dex Unlimited banquet, and occasionally I go to the big aim hunters banquet, which is nice. But uh, boy, it, it, it sure is show season all over the place.
1: Yeah, a lot of stuff going on. That's for sure. So it's uh, it's everybody's getting ready, getting geared up, and I know some of them, some people are heading out to Nebraska and, and uh, going down to Florida here to do an Osceola hunt down there or do a Merriam hunt in Nebraska. So turkey season's not that far away. I got the Iowa Deer Classic in two weeks. So it's uh, a lot of stuff to get done here real quick.
3: Yeah, we you know we don't have our. Uh our dear classic anymore it was sport shows and everything have gone what was the lady's name was it pauline uh it
1: was don and claudette roper that ran that uh,
3: claudette absolutely claudette roper yeah i mean boy they she she really was a great show promoter
1: yeah that was actually when i first started 20 25 26 27 years ago 28 years ago whenever um, she was one of the very first people that let me start doing seminars and, uh, you couldn't ask for nicer people. And, uh, no. it was a, it was right. a good show. They had it there at the Columbia at the fairgrounds there. And, um, I mean, there was, I mean the, you know, you had bow companies bringing tractor trailers in and, you know, they set up these shooting lane booths and I mean, th- it was an they really did a nice show, Dan. And they had, pe- you could set up, I know Denny's they set up tables down there, and you could you could take your used stands and bows and stuff and trade them in or sell them. I mean, uh, I I enjoyed that
3: Deer Classic in Missouri. I did too. I, I spent many a day there, and I, you know the, if you can get your the thing of it is what you can get done at almost every Deer Classic. It's a good place if you're interested in getting your animal scored. Uh, you know, which means you they measure your antlers for you, and they use a Boone and Crockett scale. And they'll tell you what what the length of your antlers is because these these deer hunters that are trophy hunters, all you hear about is I got a one seventy or a one eighty or one sixty five. And I know a lot of people have asked me over the years, what does that mean? You know, if you got a deer and you say it's a one seventy five, is that the weight? What do you, What do you mean? So, it, it's pretty easy to explain, but it's something that's hard to do. You have to be, uh, you know, officiated to be able to do that to get Boone and Crockett status where your deer can be registered. I know the the guy in Saint Louis that I know the best that does it, you know who that is, right? Uh, Jimmy Moraz. Jim, yes, sir. I mean, yeah. he is good boy. He nails him. I know that I know he gotta kill a really big deer and he uh didn't know if he trusted Jim or not, so he went to two other scores, uh, you know, to get an average of three and found out that Jim was just right on the nut when he measured that deer.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you know I used to do Pope and Young. Uh, I used to register my stuff, but I quit doing that about fifteen years ago. I think I got five of them in Pope and Young. Um, I quit. I just, I just, they I just didn't want to. I didn't have a desire to do it anymore. You know, I just, you know, I, I, I get them. You know. I, I score them, so I know personally what they are. But I just don't register them. So.
3: Yeah, I I do too. I mean, I've I've kind of lost interest in you know, the the trophy status, I guess you might say. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. I got a whole passel of trophies from bass fishing tournaments that I've fished in the late 70s uh, and early 80s, and they're on top of my two gun safes. And, well, what's going to happen with plastic trophies, you know? I mean, I read an article the other day about being in the last quarter of your life and how it changes your perspective on everything, and it, and it really does, you know, and then, somebody comes up to really really truly admire like a toby keith and passes away and you know i'm 15 years older than toby keith and i'm like thank you lord for letting me be here this long but you start thinking differently you know i you start thinking you know i'm not long-range plans better be just lunch (laughs) not much further than that so what what are you gonna do with all your trophies and everything else that's that's always a question
1: No, I hear you. I always tell everybody to be grateful for every day you get. So,
3: well, every day you get, and every little thing that the good Lord gives you. Sometimes the little things are just—it's such a pleasure, you know. Uh, you're working on something. I'm putting an outdoor cabinet together, and it's driving me crazy because I—I I can't read the directions. I don't speak Japanese, <laughs> so. It's been difficult, but when I get a part that I get it figured out and I get it put together, I'm like, thank you, Lord. I I appreciate that. You let me figure it out myself, and I didn't have to call in some expert, you know. Oh, I get it. Hey, speaking of measuring deer, what what do you think of that device that that they're selling now? Does that thing really work, Dan?
1: For measuring deer? Yes. Are you talking about that raculator? Yes. Well, that's actually been out for about 10 years.
3: Yeah, but I've been seeing more of them uh, on, uh, around I here. I think right well, it's,
1: when they first came <laughs> out, they were so expensive, and yeah. now you can now you can get them really cheap. But um, I mean, I don't know how. I mean, to the to the to the quarter inch or whatever accurate it is, or to the eighth or whatever. Um, I don't know, but I mean, they're fairly accurate. I mean, I don't think you're going to go wrong if you do. You know, go through where, everything that you need to measure. But um, I mean, if you if you <laughs> I don't think it would hurt anything to do that. You're still going to have to, you know, here's the thing. Whenever you shoot a deer and it's, a, it's one that you want to get measured or you want to know what it scores, you're going to have to wait, uh, is it 60? I think it's 60 days. You got it. It's called a green. You can do one right away and that's called your green score. And then after you do that, you wait 60 days for it to dry. Cause when that deer antler and that skull dry, you get a little bit of shrinkage on there. It dry, it, and then that's when you can get it officially scored. Um, but it, you know, I don't think it hurt anything. I, I've never used one, Dan. Um, I just, I've got a, I've got some string cable, some real fine cable that I use, and that's. I'll make my marks and then go back and measure them, and that's how I do it.
3: Well, I just wondered because I've been seeing them years, and I didn't know, you know, how accurate they are. Uh, I would never invest in one or anything. You know, I've got a couple of deer that will will score, as they say, but like you, I. I could care less. I've never really measured them, so uh, you it's know like, if I ever got one, if I ever got like, my dream about, you know, big old double drop tine and all that stuff going on, then I probably would have Jimmy come out and do it for me.
1: Yeah, it's for anglers. You know, I was so excited when I was a kid when I was fishing. I one of the first things that I got that I just treasured was that little black Zepco delayer. and <laughs> that little that little scale that had a tape measure in the bottom of it. Because I would measure yeah. how long my bass was, and I'd wait, and I'd come home. Dad would come home, and, hey, Pop, I got a four-pounder today. You know, I love that little thing, man.
3: Yes, that's kind of funny, and it's such a cool name, isn't it, for a, 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 a scale? A liar. A I think that's, <laughs> you know, I don't know that there is such a word in uh, King James's vocabulary, but I, I know it's it's kind of fun to, to to see names like that come up on tools, on fishing tools.
1: Yeah, I think my dad's still got one in his tackle box. I was talking to my brother, Rick, the other day, you know, and we were talking about splitting dad's stuff up. And I said, well, you know, the only thing I I want to, I'd like to get one or two of dad's tackle boxes. I said, you can have uh, the other fish and stuff. And I said, uh, but there's a, I think he's got a dealer in there. I haven't looked in there for years, but uh, I, there's no telling what he's got in there. But uh, they've been sitting on mom's garage shelf for 20-something years now, so...
3: Well, you know that's another thing I haven't measured, or well, I measure fish down here all the time because there's well, you, ha- you have to. Oh, you you absolutely have to, and I've got, even got the uh, the C deck. You know what sea deck is, don't you? Uh, what's that? Well, it. I don't know what to call it, but it's a high tech material. It's like rubber that's sticky on one side that you can you can carpet the entire interior of your boat with it, and a oh, hundred uh, gotcha. better carpet. And uh, they they're, they make a ruler now that goes out to thirty six inches, and you just you take that ruler and it's it's great for walleye fishermen. And you you rip the back off of it, and you can stick it right on top of your live well or right next to your live well, depending on how big the lid is. And you can lay your fish down and and determine the length like absolutely right away. So I measure fish a lot, but as far as weighing one, I I could care less. But like you, I remember when I was a kid, I dreamt about a five pounder. My I thought that was just like a world record bass because the places that I fished, there wasn't anything much bigger than that. So when I finally got my five pounder, I, w- I was pretty happy.
1: Yeah. I got a big red thing. I think it's called a trophy trough. Um, it's real long and it's red. It's got you, th- you put the fish in it. It's like a big, big, it looks like a big red gutter, but it's got your scale markings. Tro- uh, I don't know. I think it's called a trophy trough.
3: Yeah, um, I know. It's, I've my, got one. Mine happens to be yellow. Uh, you know, in the, in the bass fishing world, they call them a bump board because the one thing you have to do is put the nose of the fish against the lip on that board, and then you can't go wrong. You know, if you if you lay it down on a flat on a ruler or something, you know, MDC gives away by the thousands a stick on ruler, but you can cheat or be cheated by a quarter of an inch with that thing. But with that it, bump board, it's a
1: hog trough,
3: Dan. Hog trough, yeah, that's a that's a brand name for one. Yeah, um, it, I've got one. that's yellow and it's really big. It's it's deep, uh, so a, a fish is comfortable in it, and you can lay a fish right in that thing and then just slide him right off back into the water. Yeah, and that works the, pretty. Yeah, that Something that's. I, like-
1: I got that two years ago, and uh, I, I kept it when I sold my boat. And uh, yeah, I'm glad I kept it because since I'm gonna put another boat in, I I just. Uh, I just really like that thing.
3: Yeah, there's there's absolutely no no doubt about it. You know, talk about small world. I'm I'm thinking about selling my freshwater boat and getting a smaller one up there, and then I'd also really like to have a skiff. Are you
1: talking freshwater. about that center console one you just bought? Yeah, yeah. What,
3: what is wrong with you? You're you're getting I, as bad as me. <laughs> there's a website called Boat Crazy, and I think that they named it after me. Uh-huh. I'm hungry for a skiff down here because I want to go back in the pockets, way, way in the back where very few other people can go, and uh, you can't do it with it. With a, even with a bay boat, you can't do it. You need a, honest-to-goodness little skiff or an airboat or something like that. They don't like you using mud motors down here. They would be perfect for it, but it chews up the eelgrass, mm-hmm. and the eelgrass is, is becoming rare. I. You know, I don't know if you follow the news, but we have a major, major issue in this part of Florida. Uh, Lake Okeechobee, the the southern end of Lake Okeechobee, before it gets to the uh, Everglades, big sugar, as they call it down here, the sugar companies have come in and and developed that all to to grow sugar. You don't hear of, you know, pure cane sugar from Hawaii anymore. Most of it comes from Florida or California and, and some from Louisiana. Well, what's happened is they built this big dam on Lake Okeechobee, which if you look at a map, there's one great big body of water right in the middle of the peninsula of Florida, and that's Lake Okeechobee. But what's happened with this dam is it, all the algae, all the fertilizer and everything all around Lake Okeechobee it runs into the lake, and when they release it, um, it goes down two rivers. It, it goes down out towards St. Lucie, and it comes out to Chattahoo- Chattahoochee towards uh, um Chattahoochee, it's not the Chattahoochee. Cal- I can't say it anyway tonight. But it, it comes out of Fort Myers, Florida, and so this green algae comes down and gets into salt water, and kills a lot of fish, and it stinks. So boy, there's a big battle going on with Governor DeSantis and everything. They're trying to get this effluent water that comes from Lake Okeechobee straight down through the Everglades because the Everglades are drying up. They need that water. So it's a mess down here right now between the environmentalists and the huge monks, monstrous companies, uh, and we don't know what's going to happen, what the end result's going to be, and it's killing Lake Okeechobee as well, because they held the water back and it got too deep for the wonderful vegetation that grows on Lake Okeechobee, and when the vegetation leaves, so do the fish. Yeah. So it's a it's a nightmare all the way around.
1: Yeah, 824 and some change. I need to take a real quick break. We come back. I had an interesting conversation with a young man. I'm going to share that with Dan when we come back on the Big 550.
0: Back to the KTRS Outdoor Show on the Big 550 with Outdoors Dan, Dan Young, and Dan Brothers.
1: right, welcome back to the Big 550 KTRS. So, Dan I was in an archery shop yesterday and I had a young man probably 25 26 years old he comes up to me and he goes hey Dan can I talk to you for a second I said sure I always love visiting with everybody he goes uh he goes I like your show but I got can you I want to I got something I need to tell you I go he goes I really get upset with you sometimes because you always talk about you know you get, you're talking about all this new gear new new bows you got uh, you talked about buying a new boat and he goes man my wife and I we live check to check and He goes, I can't afford all that stuff. And he goes, it really aggravates me sometimes because you keep talking about all this new stuff. And I said, I said, huh. I said, well, how old are you? And he, you know, he goes, well, I'm in my mid 20s. And I said, well, I said, first of all, I appreciate you, you know, talking to me about this. But let me tell you my side of this. I said, first of all, that's pretty much my job is to tell everybody what's out there, what people are' doing, innovating, coming out with new rods, new reels, new bows, new arrows, broadheads, boots, camo, whatever, and I said that's what that's been my job for twenty six years and you know and that's I'm very blessed to do it now, just because I tell you that there's a new bow or new new product out or they this is really cool, um I never say you have to go get that. I always say this is what I'm using or this is really cool. I said, if you if you're living Chuck to Chuck and I said, there's you know I've been there. I said I've been bank I was bankrupt before. I I've been to the bottom of the well, and I said, I, you know you you would you'd be kind of you'd be surprised how many people, when I was your age, tell me that I would never do or be where I'm at today. And I you know and Dan you were you were there for some of that, and I said. Just because I'm describing this stuff, that's, you know, that's what my job is to do is to be an outdoor communicator and talk about hunting tips, hunting strategies, and also the gear that we use. I said, but you don't have to have a new bow every year. You can keep using the same bow you're using. You can still use the same arrows you got, same release. You don't have to go buy a new spinning reel or a bait caster or or a spin cast reel. You know, you can do that. You can live within your budget, save up for what you can do, and... Just take it one day at a time. I said, if you work hard, you'll be able to do these things eventually. I said, that's how I did it. I mean, nobody gave me any of this stuff. I had to work for it. <clears throat> and I said, as far as me buying a boat, I said, I had a new boat, but then I got cancer. And I sold it because I, I was doing what the doctor told me. And I said, but you, I want you to realize, I'm 60 years old. I'm I'm almost 40. Uh, over half older than what you are right now so i you know i i went into my retirement a little bit and i, I went so i could i could take it out and buy it and then i'll have that i can't work on it on a used boat myself i i, I stink at it <laughs> I, i'm not i was not blessed with mechanical ability so i would rather buy something that i'm going to have for the next 10 or 15 years and then you know i don't have to worry about it I said, but I do appreciate you coming in and talking to me about this. But I don't, you know, I I don't think I brag about it. I just, I'm just doing my job. And I said, but there is certainly no nothing wrong with you doing what you can to keep yourself outdoors and using stuff that's not new. And, uh, you know, I hope you keep listening. He goes, you know, that makes sense to me now. I tell you, Dan, that was kind of a hard conversation to have with him.
3: Well, I've had similar conversations in a way. People will say to me um you know well oh, you're lucky boy you know you got all this and you got all that and I do have all this and I, but but let me tell you something I got out of the army in 1969 and I was dead broke I didn't have a job I didn't have a girlfriend I didn't have a car uh, I had nothing basically and and I I started working and then, then I started, emulating other people. I looked at some people that had a great car, or a pretty wife or whatever. And I said, I want to be like that. I want to be like that. What do, what do I have to do? You know, well, I'm, I want that guy's job. If I get to get that guy's job or not his job, particularly, but a job like that. So I went back to school and, and, and got educated much, much better than I was. And I was able to just focus on it more after being, you know, out of the army. And, uh, by golly i worked my tail off for years and years and years and now i'm at a point where and you're very close to that too where people down here they say you've arrived and and what that means is you're not you're not scratching anymore to live from check to check you're, you're there you're older you're in that last quadrant of your life but somebody that's 20 years old that doesn't have the goals and objectives. They get jealous of you, Dan. Uh, They're very, very jealous. They're, they're, They're thinking that all the stuff that you have maybe was gifted to you or something, and it wasn't. You earned it. You paid for it. I have very few things. And when I was in the business, in the outdoor communicator business real well, in the advertising agency, people sent me stuff all the time wanting me to promote it for them. And so I got an awful lot of free gear. I've still got some of it left, some fish and tackle that's not too antiquated that was sent to me. I had one major manufacturer that I did a little bit with. Same way, you know, my biggest thing is is camouflage. I worked for Mossy Oak for four years, so I have a a basement. I I took one of those handrails that you use going down your steps and nailed it up to the ceiling in my basement, and that's all camouflage. And, you know, some of it is what's funny is the old school stuff is coming back now that, that I wore back in the 80s and the 70s. So, you know, we're there. We've arrived. We know, you know. I'm in Florida. Yes, I'm retired, and yes, I had the ability to come down here because I saved my money, I invested, and uh, and I don't feel guilty about it anymore. But every once in a while, somebody's got to say that, you know, I don't know how you're doing this or how you're doing that or how you're getting away with this. But I got an, I, from that, I've I've got another story that I want to tell you that I, I don't know. I've had mixed emotions about telling you or anybody else about it, especially on the radio and it's about gear so i'm glad you brought up gear you know all my fishing tackle was stolen down here dan um at least 90 percent of it uh, for some reason i i had rods over at a friend of mine's house uh, that i got some new guides put on and stuff like that and they survived but all my reels and all my little small tackle items were stolen so you know i didn't really have the money because i hadn't collected a lot of money from insurance yet So I saw these reels that are made in the Orient. I'm not sure if it's China or Japan or Taiwan or Vietnam, where it may be. And I saw these reels, and I started – I was shocked because they said, like, 14 ball bearings, five bushings. So I took some of the the top-of-the-line reels that I used to have, the brand name reels. And trust me, I was a brand guy my whole life. That's what I did in the advertising business. I sold the brand, Winchester, you know, things like that. Well, I compared – exactly the features and benefits uh all the parts and everything of these inexpensive reels com- and compare them to the ones that are uh, you know two three four hundred dollars and are exactly the same so you know being on a tight budget hadn't gotten any insurance money i bought two of these reels and i'll tell you they were 25 a piece and I cannot, uh, other, th- and I can't pronounce the name of the company that made them. And it took me weeks to get them because they were shipped directly from the Orient. I can't tell the difference. We've been out fishing with them now three, four times, and they're just as smooth. They're just as far, long casting. And now, will they hold up? I, that I don't know. But uh, especially in saltwater, you know, your reels, a, a cheap reel usually that isn't sealed, gets saltwater in it, and they're toast. You might as well throw them away once that happens. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's the exact same specifications. What should, what's a person supposed to do?
1: Well, I think you do what you need to do to keep going out hunting and fishing, and you know, if you you got to stay, you know, you got to make sure your bills are paid. You got groceries to buy. You got to pay your utilities, your your rent or your mortgage, and you know, you make do with what you can. And you know, that's what I was trying to tell this this young guy. And I said, I said, you know, I don't. How many jobs do you think I work? he goes well don't you just do one or two thing i said i work six i do six radio shows a week and i you know and then i do part time i do a, a tv show part time and i said so i really got almost seven jobs and i said i'm always working but i'm going to just tell you this if i can do it and make it and get to be what and do what i want to do and and you can do it too you're just going to have to keep your head down and and have some goals and if you keep uh, shooting for you know, shooting for that. If you got a passion for it, you you'll be able to do it. Just don't listen to tell, someone tells you you can't do it. Just prove. You know what? The best medicine is to go prove them wrong and go do it. Absolutely. So just do what you can, and it'll happen for you. But I said you're just starting.
3: <laughs> well, I'm I told you before huh? Dan that life is chapters. If you if you look back, it's like a book. And you, you just have chapters that you go through. You know, you can you can define the chapters when you're young and going to school and then you're out of school and you're working and you're married and you have children and all these different chapters of your life. And then the children are gone, you know, and then you've worked hard and you put some money aside and you're retired and you're going out hunting and fishing and you're mad at the world because you're hurt because you're old. <laughs> the things you, my dad had a wonderful quote, Dan. Why does it take me all day to do what I used to do all day? Yeah. <laughs> and when you get old like me, you know, we went fishing two days in a row down here because we hit the we hit the weather window just right. So we hit it hard. Michelle and I got up early and I mean we hit it hard. <laughs> After two days of it, I'd had enough. I was ready to stay out of that boat for a day and uh weatherman made that easy for me. But uh uh, you know, you enjoy what you can and you praise God every day for what he's given you, uh, the ability and the blessings to do what you've done, to do what you want to do. That's the big thing. You got to determine a career that you'll like and enjoy and you can be satisfied with for a long time. I'm not talking about a company. I'm talking about a career, a, a path. If you want to be a doctor or you want to be a an auto mechanic or, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of people that are said to me, well, I don't know what to do. I, I, you know, so once you look into air conditioning, I mean, those guys make over a hundred grand. You know, running around in a truck listening to uh, KTRS all day. So, uh, you know, like you said, set some goals and you can get it done.
1: Yeah, it just just one step at a time. 8:39 and some change. I'll be right back on the big 550 KTRS
3: individual member
0: it's super easy to open up account at neighbor's credit union stop by one of their eight area branches or visit the website neighborscu.org that's neighborscu.org
1: federally insured by ncua additional insurance by esi
0: back to the ktrs outdoor show on the big 550 with outdoors dan dan young and dan brothers
1: all right welcome back to the big 550 ktrs james was on the show tonight
2: Well, tonight, since it is the 35th anniversary of the Tom Hanks, Carrie Fisher movie, The Burbs, and it's also the 40th anniversary of Gremlins, we are interviewing director Joe Dante. We're going to talk about his work on The Howling with Dee Wallace, that classic horror movie. We're going to talk about he directed a couple episodes of Police Squad with Leslie Nielsen. He's got a great Leslie Nielsen story. So we're chatting with director Joe Dante for the whole hour.
1: That'd be a good show for you. Sounds like fun. Sounds like fun. So, Dan, have you seen?
3: Go ahead. James, I saw a picture of you doing some karaoke. Is that something you do frequently?
2: (laughs) Not as often as I'd like to. I haven't done it lately. I think the last time was actually last year on my birthday. But whenever I can, I do it.
3: And you look like you had a drink in your hand. Does it help you when you have a libation to loosen up the the lungs a little bit?
2: It's a little known fact, Dan, that the word karaoke is, is Japanese for singing while drunk
3: i see yeah yeah you know i I enjoy it myself we should get together and do a duet see there you go yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) that's my name don't wear it out
1: yeah here we go yeah (laughs) yeah, i could see you two doing that yeah
3: which which you got to put up with dan i feel i actually feel sorry for you i'm kind of like you know a friend of mine one time they were talking about joining this hunting club and everybody was talking about the pros and cons of it and everything, you know, and, and there is some, you know, versus hunting on public ground. And and his comment back to us was, you know what? I wouldn't wanna to belong to any club that would have me as a member.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so anyway, I'm looking forward to this uh this coming week and then next week I gotta come back to the good old STL. And go up to uh, Lincoln, County, I'm sorry, Pike County, Missouri, and sit in the courthouse for three days, and go through a trial about the uh, the cattle that uh, were on the highway opening day of duck season, November 2018. Can you believe that hadn't been settled yet? Is that is
1: that when you hit the cow?
3: It is, yes, sir. Hit, wow. hit the cow. Hit as a matter of fact. And it's it's been so long. The insurance company has messed me around and everything that I finally had to get an attorney. Uh, and we went through them, uh, you know, dancing backwards and jerking me around. And then finally, uh, we, we we got the court to agree to, to review the case, and COVID hit. And I wasn't aware of this, but, you know, we found out that there was no juries anywhere in a civil uh, lawsuit that were seated during COVID. They had people couldn't get together. you couldn't get 12 honest citizens together in a room. So it backed the court system up so bad that we're just now going to court. So, you know, the bad news is i got to come back to the area. Um, The good news is I'm just going to stay up at my farm because I'm about 15 minutes from the courthouse. So we'll see if we can't get this thing settled.
1: You should just come up and just stay for turkey season now.
3: You know what? I'd like to. I don't know that that's going to happen. If it does, I may only get to hunt a week, which would be okay with me because I can go every day. So, you know, I'm, I'm going back and forth with Mama Bear, who happens to be the chairman of the board of directors of this corporation. And, uh, you know, I, I, I do have a doctor's appointment on April 15th. So if I, if we decide to come back for that, I got it made. Yeah, well, there you go.
1: Yeah, it's not that far away. It's I can't believe we're 19th of February tomorrow already. It's crazy.
3: No, you know, everybody's got their own first sign of spring Want to know what mine is? What's that? Pitchers and catchers report. Hmm. Have you ever heard that term?
1: No. Oh, you mean spring what? training?
3: Yeah. If you're if you're a baseball fan, you always wait to hear that. That's the first thing you hear about your team. Is is they say you know there'll be headlines in the newspaper. Pitchers and catchers report because they come down generally to all all the teams in our areas and the East Coast go to Florida. Now, a lot of teams out west, of course, go to Arizona. But, um, yeah, you know, and the headlines in the newspaper will be pitchers and catchers reports. So that means that it's, that's what's happening right now. And then the week after, the whole team will show up down there. Now, some of the gung-ho players that really work hard at the sport, they're already there. They're already in Florida. they got their apartments rented or whatever they do. And, uh, and they're already here working. And I... You know, I miss I miss Red Changes because I would see him down here a lot in spring for spring training, and uh, we'd go over. And once once in a while, Red would go bass fishing here in, in Florida. But of course, you know it's not it's not hunting season when they start. Turkeys come on a little bit later, but it's a great time of the year to notice. Spring's right around the corner.
1: Yeah, that's, and, it's it's going to be here like I said. Before you know it, it's crazy. John wants to wish uh, Doug Kaufman happy birthday. He was an outdoor friend and conservationist, so happy birthday there, Doug.
3: What was his name?
1: Doug Kaufman.
3: Hey, Dan, oh, we had Kaufman. a text
2: come in on the KTRS text lines um, from someone in the 618 area code. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, I guess he's been back and forth on the radio. He does enjoy the show, though. Great for Sunday evening, relaxing and informative. Uh, oh, it's Teresa from Chesterfield. Um, And she goes on to say, you gentlemen, not only give good advice on your expertise, but how you arrived where you're at is a wonderful narrative of how you got there. She admires and respects your lifetime of journeys.
1: Well, that's very nice of her. Thank you, Teresa. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Thank you. There are so so many more good people out there than there are bad people. Yes. Thank you, Teresa.
1: Well, that young man was not a bad person. He just, you know, he just, you know, he's he just he's struggling and you know and it's just like well you know and i and I, pre- I i appreciated the fact that he felt comfortable enough to come up and talk to me about it to me that's a to me i, I took it as a compliment in a way and uh, i just said you know hey you'll get there i mean i you know i've been doing this for a long time and it just it didn't happen overnight and you just you do what you can and just keep keep moving forward and you'll be there too you know if i can do yeah. it dan how many how many times have you heard me say that if i can do it anybody can do it
3: well, Frank Sinatra wrote that song too, so yeah, I I agree with you. But you persistence and patience paid off for you. Like no tomorrow, uh, you didn't go to broadcaster school or anything like that. You just took your passion and put it to work for you, and you started out in sales, which which is a tough position. I'm telling you, I, I admire anybody who sells radio time, uh, you know, commercials on the radio. That, that's hard work. You're all over the place. And, uh, you know, you're running around all the time like a sprayed roach. So to, <laughs> that's a tough job.
1: Yeah. Well, I still – 90% of my job is sales. I, I, that's that's the main meat of my job is because I'm the one that has to go out there and find clients and sponsors and, and write copy and, you know, renewal. And when you work for 65, 70 people, man, it's not always easy. Trust me. That's a lot of bosses. That's a lot of bosses. And then I've got the main boss, which is upstairs. Hey, have you been seeing? You've been seeing? Uh, <laughs> have you been seeing all the uh, pictures on or the videos on Facebook with the people up, uh, fishing and these big muskies are taking their walleye and their pike? Yes. Uh, yes. Is, that, is that not awesome?
3: Well, that's why they call them a wolf. You know, I mean, those things. My goodness, the power that they have is just unbelievable. Well, Un- think- unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I think everybody's just getting fishing fever. I just, but, man, I I know I saw three today. One was a nice-sized walleye and a northern smack that had it, and then there was about a 25-, 30-inch northern that a muskie had in its mouth, and it's like, you got to be kidding me.
3: Well, you know what? It's it's funny you, you mentioned that because down here, there's always something like that going on. My friend Daryl Cooney from Fenton, who I've known forever, used to work for Denny Dennis, I went out to a wreck that we've been wanting to go to for a long time, and he went out without me, the booger. And he said you couldn't get a fish in because of the sharks. And there was big sharks there, and they, they would just rip off. You know, we're fishing for meat. We're fishing for, for fish that we're going to eat for subsidence for dinner. And you get a big old, you know, seven, eight-pound grouper halfway in, and all of a sudden a whomp, and your line is flat. They just bite them right off of there.
1: Yeah, those big bull sharks.
3: Oh, man, yeah, they are something else. Man. They are so and so powerful, you know. That-
1: that's actually the shark that was, Jaws was written about. Did you know that?
3: I thought it was a great white.
1: Nope. Uh, that book was Peter Benchley based that book on, uh, it was in 1930s. There were five people killed in New Jersey, and uh, two. I think two were killed in the ocean. And then the rest of the, ki- the, rest of the people were killed in a creek, um, Matawan Creek in New Jersey. And great whites can't swim in fresh water. It, they can't handle this, this, the lack of salt. But bull sharks, bull sharks can thrive. In, I mean, there's been bull sharks found all the way up into Iowa in the, in the river. I mean, they, they, you know, they've, they've actually found a couple there in uh, right out of St. Louis and by Alton, Illinois.
3: So they travel. Know, that's, huh? It's been a trick question. Uh, has there ever been any sharks in Missouri? And the answer is exactly what you just said. Yeah.
1: No, that's true. I mean, that's documented. And, uh but uh yeah, the, that's what that that's what Jaws was based on was those people getting killed uh, in New Jersey. That's what he that's how that's what got him to write the book. It wasn't no, about a great white the book was about a great white, but that's what he based it on.
3: I'll be darned. But well, yeah. I'll tell you another shark you catch a lot of down here that must not be endangered at all. And I know very little about sharks. At shark week I'm out fishing usually. But uh shark NATO, I've heard all, all the terms. But those hammerhead sharks, which are really, really an interesting looking shark, or botten, bo, uh head sharks. Some people call them bonnet, uh, bonnet head sharks. We catch yeah. them all the time. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, fish, fishing small stuff for littler fish, you you catch them all the time. And they, they, I've never seen one over, you know, two three feet long. But uh, boy, they pull hard. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Hey, you better tell everybody good
1: night. We're running out of time
3: we're out of time everybody good night be safe go hunting. go fishing and listen to us again next week
1: all right be safe daniel copy that you too there goes danny boy boy that hour went fast didn't it man i don't know why it went so fast but it went fast hey thanks for all the thanks for the emails and the text and everything we appreciate that always a, a pleasure doing the show with you here on sunday nights and we do appreciate you listening and well, God willing, we'll be doing it again uh, next week. I'm going to leave you in James Capable Hands, Capable Hands, Capable Hands, however you want to say that. And uh, if you need to get a hold of us, just go to the Big Five Fifty KTRS website, look under Weekend Shows, and our contact info is right there. Other than that, get ready for your turkey, and uh, March 1st is the trout opener. We got a lot of stuff coming up here soon, so. Get ready, and we'll see you next week. God bless you, everybody. Good night. The
0: views and opinions expressed in the preceding paid program are those of the host, callers, and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this station, its management, or owners.